Imagine almost being strangled to death and this experience leaving you with nearly two years of your life unable to sleep and you finding yourself in a place where you understand what hell is. That's exactly what my guest, Billy J. Atwell, experienced in his life. And what's amazing is that from that moment, he made a powerful transition, a true before and after. And in the conversation today on the Best Thing Podcast, Billy shares so much. This is one of those conversations that is just game-changing for all of us in so many different regards. I just know you're going to love everything that he shares. Now, before we get to that episode, I want to hear from you. Each week, I send out the most amazing motivational text messages that people can't get enough of. So if you want in on the magic, text me at 310-564-7124. Once again, 310-564-7124, and you will be all signed up to receive them. Okay, let's get to this amazing conversation with Billy J. Atwell with episode 71 of The Best Thing. Hey everyone, welcome to The Best Thing Podcast, where I talk to people about the best thing to happen to them that doesn't include the traditional markers of success. I'm your host, Antonio Neves. I'm the author of Stop Living on Autopilot, a speaker and success coach. Each week, I bring on a new guest who has a powerful story to tell that will motivate, inspire, and help you see life through a new lens. This week, I'm joined by Billy Atwell. He's the host of the top-ranking Apple podcast, Unshakable Self-Confidence. Since 2016, Billy has helped more than 24,000 subscribers get to the root of all of their self-doubt, overcome their painful past, and teach them how to truly transform into confident individuals. Now, look, I've been on plenty of podcasts over the years, and I have to say, my experience on Billy's podcast was truly a unique experience, and we'll dig into that more in just a moment. Billy is also the author of the book, Unshakable Self-Confidence, and the founder of the monthly digital magazine, Rising Phoenix. Billy Atwell, welcome to The Best Thing. Hey, Antonio, thank you so much. How are you? I'm doing good. I appreciate you for making time uh, to join me for this this episode. And I mentioned in the introduction that it was a unique experience being on your podcast because immediately when we started talking, even before you hit record, I immediately felt at ease. For me, it was obvious that we were going to have a conversation. It's going to sound corny to say this out loud, but it's oh, he's actually listening to me. I've been on so many different podcasts and you wonder if the person's actually listening or they're just looking at their next question or their bullet points. So I'm curious for you, we talk about unshakable self-confidence, but has have you always had a great skill set of easily being able to connect with people, whether in person or even digitally over video? I'm going to say yes, but I haven't always been aware of that ability. People, I think, have always been, felt comfortable around me, and and they've told me so in hindsight. But to be honest, man, I, I was always uncomfortable in a room and very shy and um, very always worried about what people were thinking. 
but apparently that never came across. So it was all a mental mind game in my part, which kind of sucks. But yeah, people really do feel at ease. There's something I don't know. I can't take any claim for it, but because it, it's a gift, but I have that ability. Yeah. Yeah. It's a rare ability that a lot of people don't have. And it's funny how sometimes people who have it don't even know that they have it until somebody happens to tell them, which means for me, that shows that they're being themselves and they're not putting on any errors or, or being phony. We gave your introduction. We talked about the podcast, we talked about Rising Phoenix magazine. I want to talk about that in a moment. But a question I love to ask people sometimes, uh, and this is a fun one for me, but imagine you're on a plane or you're in line at your favorite coffee shop to get some coffee or tea and you meet someone and you start having a conversation and they said, and they say, tell me about yourself. But imagine you can't mention your work or what you do, your career or your profession, how would you introduce yourself to someone if you couldn't necessarily reference your career or your profession? I don't know. That's a really good question because normally I don't like to talk about myself. I'm more interested in finding out about other people. <laughs> Figure out how to navigate that conversation to like, why were they asking? Well, well, tell me, why were you asking me that question? I, that's just something that I've learned that maybe that's why I interview people because it's not about me. I'm more fascinated in, in maybe the exploration of knowing that I'm not alone and trying to find our common humanity as this experience as we go through life with all of our in, unique individual trials and tribulations. So maybe that's what I would say. Tell me more about that, though. You said something that really grabbed my attention. You said knowing that I'm not alone. Could you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, a lot of my experience has been, and my life has been spent in fear. You might know my story a little bit from when we were talking on my show, but coming from an abusive background and being in uh, successive, violent, abusive uh, relationships, two of them, fear had a intense death grip on me. And so... When you're in those situations, I think anyone who's ever been in an abusive relationship will tell you that they feel alone. But I've, what I found even more fascinating was, and what started me on my journey about nine years ago after the end of the second one, after almost being strangled to death, was why am I afraid? And why is it only me? And so when I started out on the journey and started researching, and my show used to be called Fear Not. I was on three times a week. I was interviewing all kinds of people about asking what their biggest fear is and how they overcome it. It was because I didn't want to feel alone. And I've discovered that we're not alone. That's an illusion. We all have shit in our life. And I think that's part of the problem is everyone thinks that they're the only ones and some people are blessed and avoid all this stuff. And that's so far from the case. That's what I've discovered. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a backstory and something they have to overcome. And that's what I've been trying to do is just that you're not alone. You're not the only one. You're not being picked on by some divine spirit for some past life sin. It's just everyone goes through it because that's just the way that life is set up. And that's the game is to come into different circumstances and obstacles to overcome and to overcome them and have victory. And based on that and experiencing that victory, of course, you've had a successful podcast for quite some time. And I didn't even know that it was previously named something else. Could you give me an idea of who these men, who these women are that you've met over the years? Maybe you hear back on a regular basis, the people that that tune in and listen. Are there any common themes that you found with your listeners? 
I think to some extent there's trauma, past trauma, because that's what I've discovered too. To some degree, everyone has a past trauma because you get this inherited negative self-image route that tells you that you're less than or unworthy. And like I said, everyone has one. It's just some, everyone's narrative is different and we get hung up on comparing narratives. So there is that. I think a lot of people who've been through maybe higher trauma and they're struggling to overcome it. There is, of course, obviously people who reach out who are or have been in abusive relationships. What I find more interesting, though, is I think the more common denominator is that they are being propelled, even though they may not be aware of it or have any language for it, but a spirit, for lack of a better word, a spiritual awakening. You know, they're being pulled by the divine source to be lifted out from their present environment. And like I said, it's the classic hero's journey. And we're all here and have one. And I think that would probably be the more common thing is people feel that pull. They feel the pull, but they don't know what it is. And they're afraid and they're scared and they don't trust it. And I would say that's the people who tune into my show is they're looking for someone who's who've had those same questions, went out and, and researched and interviewed people and tried to figure out what was going on and what was I feeling and the discoveries that I've made. And to lay it out as clearly as possible so that there is no mystery, no confusion, no carpetbaggers taking advantage of them along the way. I'm not sure if that answers your question, but I talk to people all around the world, listeners all around the world. They call me, they want to talk to me. And I just, someone in India, she's, there's a whole different culture structure there in terms of even just being a woman in India, let alone being of an economic class. And there are people out there who come from traditional religious backgrounds, which aren't the same as the original spiritual backgrounds, and there's conflict. And so it's a complicated, that's a complicated uh, question. And I know that's not what the marketing gurus would tell you, and I've certainly been chastised about not niching it down, but I tried that. I just, I don't play that. I just, I present my truth, and somewhere there's some common thread that people are there looking for to get on that same path because they know that path exists, but they don't have language or skill sets or an understanding. Yeah, definitely a complicated question, but I think you did a great job of answering it. And one thing that I appreciate you about your answers and even in our first experience together is that you know, for me, it's obvious that you think before you answer, <laughs> which is funny to say out loud because it's so, it's so rare that you can tell that someone is actually considering they're being thoughtful about what they said. I remember I was talking to my wife after our our interview that first time and it was I think it was early over here in Los Angeles. I know you're based in Chicago and she asked me to tell her about the interview and I was like I felt like I was you know talking to a philosopher. I think that was the best way to describe my experience, the way he looked at things and the way he explained things. It was never just a standard black and white answer uh, that most people give, which now that I think about it, it's kind of scary if someone gives a black and white answer because there are so many nuances to everything that we do, but I think due to social media, due to our cycles, what we experience, we keep things so cut and dry when actually it's so much more expansive than that. You mentioned something as you were answering and you said people come to you and they're looking sometimes for that spiritual awakening and pulling out this divine force out of them. In my book, I write something to the extent of don't wait for a life altering event to change your life. We all know about people who have life altering events. It could be a traumatic experience. It could be a health diagnosis. We could go on and on. And in your experience, 
with folks to have spiritual awakenings, to pull out that divine force. Have you found that more times than not, the catalyst for that is a traumatic event or could there sometimes people, it, it doesn't always have to be a traumatic event? From my perspective, it's probably fits into the sort of the classic hero's journey where there is that catalytic moment that sets the hero on the journey. And there are people that are like that, definitely that reach out to me. But I, I would have to say that more often not that they're not in, in terms of a huge moment. And again, I think it's just because it's if we're the divine having all these different experiences, then the divine wants to experience every possible conceivable combination. And so to try to say that it's <clears throat> contingent on some super traumatic thing like me being almost strangled to death to be shaken out of my inequity and, and to be placed on this new path, that's only my experience. And even if someone tells me, I can't say that, that I would know for certainty if that was the case or not. Thank you for answering. Yeah, it's a tough question. And I'm always curious for people you know, based on those experiences. And I guess there is no, no, no clear answer on that. As we described your podcast earlier, we described it as getting to the root of people's self-doubt, overcoming painful pasts, and teaching them how to truly transform into confident individuals. Of course, I'm sure a lot of people hear, heard that. And they're like, yes, please sign me up. Where do I show up? Because I want to do all of those things. I'm curious about your approach. Obviously, it's not one size fit all. There's not one answer how to overcome self-doubt or a challenging past or how to become truly confident. What has been your approach to transformation? And I'll just give some examples. Of course, right now, people can't see you, but you have a massive bookshelf behind you with tons of books. So I'm guessing you've been a voracious reader and that's been helpful. Of course, people, we can talk about therapy. We can talk about coaching. We can talk about you know, so many different things, but for you personally, what has fueled your transformation? I would say research. I've always been a pretty ravenous reader. I read a lot as a child and I read everything. I was reading like Bradbury and Asimov fourth grade, like into my horn a little bit. I just, I love reading and I love research and I love figuring stuff out. So that's been my approach. I'm not a fan for my personal life of therapy or anything like that. I've had bad experiences, but I've had therapists on the show. I highly screen them to make sure that they're legit and sincere and stuff. But I think the one thing that I've learned and what I try to tell everyone is that don't compare you yourself to me and my journey. I'm only here to be the proof that it's possible. And I always tell people, your path out, your path forward is possible, but how it is you've got to listen to that intuition and that guidance and develop that relationship because like a GPS system, it knows where you're at and how best to get you based on the totality of your experiences out of the mess. And that's something I can't help you with. I can, I can tell you my experiences. I can tell you what's worked, what hasn't worked. I can tell you what's a crock of shit because there's a lot of it out there. But at the end of the day, what I tell people is really all you have to do is spend time meditating on your inner divinity because that's the real relationship. Whether you've studied Christianity, whether you've studied Hinduism or Buddhism, they're all saying the same thing. You are the divine having a human experience and there's a relationship there. So that's your most important relationship. And when you understand that, then that voice that's always been there that you're like, oh, it's always been there and I never listened to it that's going to tell you the best way to keep growing and expanding. And 
do you need to read? Do you need a therapist? Do you need to? I spent the last nine years being a monk, sequestered, totally focused on this 100%. But that was for me. My heroes are Buddha, Jesus, and Gandhi, of course. I think the only thing that can answer that question for anyone who's like, what do I do? Because everyone's telling me I should do this, I should do that. Develop that inner relationship with whether you call it the Holy Spirit, the GPS, the quantum field, your intuition, the divine source, the universal mind, whatever you want to call it. That's the only source. And that's the only one that has, it's like a big processing center to use scientific language. It knows you, it created you. It knows what you've been through. It knows where you want to go. And it's going to tabulate that and like a GPS system, create a map. And when you don't follow the instruction, it'll realign. And that's the beauty of it. That's the only truth I know. And that's the only sort of, if I'm using air quotes, everyone here must, you must do this. That's the only must there is, is to understand that you're not alone and that you're not alone in terms of like the only human being, but there's this greater force that creates and sustains all life. That if you just take some time every day to develop that relationship, it's game over and your life becomes sweet and transforms. I want to just first acknowledge you because it's in this day and age, you said something earlier. You said, don't compare yourself to me. <laughs> How refreshing is that to hear someone say that? I can call myself out on this as well, but we all get all we do is spend some time on social media and the language we hear a lot is, here's what I did. Here's the blueprint. Here's the plan. If you do this step by step, it's going to work for you. And you're saying, don't compare yourself to me and that everyone has their own path. But I like what's refreshing also is hearing you say that, hey, regardless though, I am proof that it's possible. The big question I have for you that we could spend hours talking about, and I'm going to challenge you to maybe point to a few ways to do this if you can. You mentioned finding your, that your GPS. And a lot of people right now may be listening saying, I hear you, Billy. I, I want to find my GPS. And I heard you say, Billy, spend time on inner divinity and that intuition source, et cetera. And they're saying, but how? If, if, yeah. it's not follow, if it's not following the coaches out there and these quote unquote thought leaders, is it prayer? Is it meditation? Is it doing a 10 day silent meditation retreat? What is it? Okay. So in my early days, when I was still trying to figure this out for myself and I was interviewing people like Mark Waldman and Andrew Newberg, who were neuroscientists, I was, I, I interviewed Professor Bruce Lipton, who's very about environmental shaping and people like Dawson Church and all kinds of different spiritual leaders. And I even studied acting to deal with my fear of people's opinions and speaking in public. And so that even there, I learned lessons that corresponded to things like what um, Mark Waldman and Andrew Newberg were teaching me about. There's a connection between writing and meditating and brain scans and the reshaping and reconfiguring of your entire neural network, which is the physical, tangible part of your belief structure. And for me, what I found was, and again, they all, they'll all tell you to focus on your inner divinity. For me, my mantra for years, both in journaling, which eventually led to me forming a meditation practice after I spoke with Dr. Joe Dispenza about this concept of Joseph Campbell would say, Billy is just the mask. You get to separate yourself from the illusion and go inward. And the Apostle Paul writes about the inward journey. And Jesus talks about this too, which has been the primary focus of not Christianity, but the text itself, which are two different things. And 
I meditated on 1 John 4, 17, which is, as God is, so am I in this world. Now, someone who wasn't raised Christian, who adamantly dislikes Christianity because growing up and seeing all the, the twistedness, like Jim and Tammy and all the garbage you know, that came with that, and having resistance to that, which I had a really great guest, by the way, in the early framework, she's like, just throw out the bathwater, just don't don't throw out the baby with it. And so that's what I did. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this because there's something here about this. And maybe it's been misinterpreted, which I started studying the history of Christianity and where all this inability to see what's right there in the text comes from. And that's a whole Roman empire thing. But that's what I did. I would write that out because when I was studying acting, when you go through the Stanford Meisner technique, which is his philosophy was truthful living through imaginary circumstances, in order for you to actually not act, but to become that individual in the play, you journal and you write out, you break up the script based on all the different people and all the things you say, and you constantly write it out. And then you brain dump and you do that every day. And I was doing that for acting and I was having emotional reactions to situations I had no experience in on stage. And then when I started to interview I interviewed Mark Waldman first and then Andrew Newberg, and then I've interviewed them multiple times after that. But there was that aha moment because I had proof already of physically feeling the loss of a child I never had in a heterosexual relationship, which was not my story. And it was real for me. It was so real. And I understood what um, the Meisner Tech was about, that you can literally change your inner emotional belief structure by what you meditate on. James Allen, as a man thinketh, so does he become. And so that's what I started. I just wrote at the top of my journal every day, as God is, so am I in this world. And I kept writing and writing and I read it. And some. And after a while, thoughts started popping out of my head, bubbling up from the subconscious. And I started writing it. And I just did it every day like I was trained in acting. Next day, put the, the line up at the top, the, the meditation, uh, the piece of scripture, and I just kept doing it. And I literally had stacks and stacks of moleskin journals for years. And then when I discovered meditation, I took that same piece of scripture, but instead of writing it out, I sat and just contemplated because that's the actual real meaning of the word meditation. It's not sitting in a lotus posture with clothes and quieting your mind. There's no such thing as quieting mind. The word meditation means to place your focus. It's, it's where are you placing your focus, your thoughts? And that's the greatest discovery I've learned is like, People are on autopilot with their thoughts and they don't realize that those very thoughts that are creating all the misery in their life. And so you have control over that, but you got to put the cart before the horse. And that all starts with understanding that you are divine. And as God is, so am I in this world. And all things are possible to God and all things are possible to me because God and I are one. And that's what I did. I just focused on that. I could have done the same thing with Buddhism. I could have done the same thing with Hinduism. I could have done the other thing, which one of my favorite is the Upashan. The Upashan teaches you the creator pour, uh, created the creation and poured itself into the creation. And if the creation can understand this, becomes the creator in this world. They're all saying the same thing. So I'm by no means advocating a quote-unquote Christian, Jesus is the only way, because that's a bunch of bullshit. It's a template for you to follow. And there have been wise men, but there are wise men who have other spiritual practices through other cultures and through other time periods, and they're saying the same thing. And that's what you've got to focus on, is getting beyond the separate illusion-ness 
and the lie of the fear and the ego and realize that anything is possible in your life because you are the divine having the experience of you. That the thing that created all life was like, I wonder what life would be like if I were Billy. That's a really heavy thought. And that gets rid of guilt, shame, judgment, and everything that everyone's ever told you because then you're like, that's what unshakable self-confidence, that's why I renamed it, is because when you understand that you and the source are one, and that source is not something that's been painted by religion of some bearded old man wagging a finger saying you're a hopeless, wretched sinner and you're unredeemable, which is nowhere in that text, ever, ever. That whole entire Judeo-Christian system says nothing that's everything that is mine is yours and mine, and I shall be made manifest and given glory in it. All things that are mine are yours. I have made you God to Pharaoh everywhere. And I'm like, this is my biggest problem with Christianity. Maybe I'm getting a little too off track, but this is what I'm talking about. You've got to separate what other people tell you you should do and go inward and listen to the only voice that matters, and that's your divine voice. Everyone else has a gimmick. Everyone else has a purpose and a reason for control, whether it's to control the population, keep them in fear, or to make a buck off you. And that's what I've discovered. And that's what I tell people. It's, you want answers? Do that inner work. Take, as Joseph Campbell would tell you, go into the labyrinth, go into the cinder, and meet yourself and come to terms with that, and you will be free. Meet yourself and come to terms with it. Even that right there is so heavy in itself because we avoid, I'll speak for myself, for so long I've avoided meeting myself, truly looking at myself (laughs) in the mirror. Boy, go meet yourself. Let me tell you something. That question you asked, though, the first, you said so many amazing things there. My hope is after we finish today, you could tell me or email me a few books that I could share in the show notes that people may dig if three or five books come to mind after we get off, including yours, obviously. But you asked a really profound question that I don't think people do enough. And this has been a game changer for me in my work as a journalist, as a coach, speaker, you name it. And that is, I wonder what life would be like if I was, and you name that person. And you can look at the rhetoric and everything that's going on in society nowadays, and you can tell that question is hardly, if ever, being asked. It's profound. Something you didn't directly say there, Billy, but I think uh, it, it, it it's important to mention, as you were talking about journaling in those moleskins and the stacks that you had, as you were talking about meditation, as you're talking about the years of being a quote unquote monk is consistency. I think oh, a lot yeah. of people don't talk enough about consistency because someone says, I, w- I want to find my inner GPS. I'm trying to find my inner divinity. I, but I put in three weeks, three weeks for three weeks every day. I meditated and I wrote my journal, but I didn't find anything. So could you briefly talk about the importance of of consistency and showing up daily? I think that's just part of the journey. So if you're at that point, just keep it up because that's the fear trying to get you to give up. Because if you discover this, it has no power over you anymore. And you realize that it never did. You were tricked into believing into fear. And I've been there, man. I've been there. My whole purpose was like, I'm going to kick fear in the ass. I'm going to be done with it. And I'm going to be done with it tomorrow. It just, it's human nature. I think the only thing that separates people from that, that go through that because everyone goes through it and those that stop there, I don't have the answer for that. I just know that I didn't. And the only and like, I think if you start the journey and if you're earnest about it and you can somehow hang in there, it takes over and keeps you going. But I don't know. I, I, I know I've been there, but I just never gave up. I just kept going even when there was no tangible proof. 
even when there was tangible proof, but I didn't understand that it was tangible proof and I didn't realize that it was tangible proof till later. We don't have enough time to, to, to share all the discoveries because there's, I could probably answer any question, but it, it would involve a lot of detail. But my only thing is just advice is get over that whole, you're not going to get six packs by doing 12 crunches and you're going to be done. <laughs> You've got to do the crunches for the rest of your life. And that's in anything because that's just basic physics. It's momentum and physics. And these are the other things that I studied too, like Newton. And there, it's not just a spiritual thing. It's everyone has their own ex explorations and Einstein and Newton. They're we're all talking about the same thing. They just had different vocabulary. And the importance of is to, in terms of Newton, what I discovered is you're stuck in a, in a karmic cycle. Body at rest stays at rest until force greater than itself knocks it into a new motion a new direction is if you're stuck and you're not doing that i would say try to elevate your energy impact by lifting your emotion it's it's not about your words it's none of that power and word stuff because people i can sit here and say i'm stupid antonio you're stupid antonio does that make it true no it's what's going on inside and that would be your frequency that's what i would work on if you want real tangible results you've got to elevate your frequency and you've got to do that by standing in front of the mirror you asked about a book one of the most impactful books that were early on in my journey was claude m bristol's the magic of believing and he talks about the mirror technique which i used you use the mirror in order to stand in front of yourself and talk yourself up that's the other secret that i don't think people talk about you it's a frequency game energy Einstein talked about it. Newton talked about it. Joe Dispenza talked about it. The Apostle Paul talked about it. It's a inner feeling, and you have power over that. But you've got to you've got to stoke the flames. Yeah. Okay. So everyone who's listening, the magic of believing. I'll put a link of that in the show notes. I like the way you just framed that. It being a frequency game. Here's what I want to do. First, I'm loving this conversation. I love conversations where. I feel like I'm being a student in many ways and I'm learning. I felt like that during our conversation. So thank you for all that you're sharing. I do want to get to this question. Uh, now I'd like to ask people about the best thing, about one of the best things to happen to you in your life that has had a profound impact on who you are today that wouldn't necessarily show up on your resume or bio. And what I've been blown away by doing nearly 100 episodes of the show is rarely is the best thing amazing when it's actually happening. For some people, they mentioned some amazing things that are happening, <laughs> but for some people, when it was happening, it wasn't the best. I'm sure for you, over the course of your life, you've had many quote-unquote best things, but has anything come up for you that, that has shaped and influenced who you are today? I would say nine years ago when I was almost strangled to death. I know that's not a very popular thing to say, especially in quote-unquote abuse recovery thing, because they perpetuate and foster the victimhood. But I was fortunate to avoid all that. But I think actually being almost strangled is probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. Because I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't had that moment. I wouldn't have discovered everything that I had if I hadn't had that moment. I, it just, I don't know if that makes any sense, Antonio, but it's, I would never want to do it again. I'm like, woohoo, I was almost strangled to death. It's not that. It's just, I'm far enough on the journey now that what was trauma and real legitimate trauma and confusion and pain and almost two years of not being able to sleep or just being so tormented. I understand what hell is. I've literally been to hell. But if I hadn't had that, I wouldn't have, like I said, Patty Smith is one of my favorite 
lyricists. And there's this song from 1978 where it's seven ways of going and I, I alluded to it earlier because i had to look i had to look up the words to her lyrics to understand what she was writing but the inequity shaken out and woken up from inequity that moment was that pivotal moment in the classic hero's journey where things were status quo and something sets you on a path and a journey and i've had great things and discoveries i've understand like what jesus said when he was telling him it's God takes care of the birds and the lilies in the field. Why is he not going to take care of you? I've been through poverty. I've been through living literally on $5,000 a year and still seeing the enormous blessings and always having food and having what you can't see. This might, this is a sure, this is like the microphone that Michael Jackson recorded Thriller on. There's just something about that I've discovered that when you let go of using your human eyes, and trust the, the force unseen, and actually trust all of those great ancient people that have come before us and left, they've all pointed the finger going, dudes, it's this way. This is exactly what you're looking for. And it's a miracle. And when you do that, you're elevated. You understand what life is, and you don't view it from human and, and poverty and all this stuff. You're lifted up into a new consciousness that you are the creator in this world, and that you've always been creating, you were just tricked by fear to create hell on earth. Mm. What could be better than that? Was that, is it worth the price of entry of being strangled to death? I'm going to say yes. I wouldn't have said yes nine years ago at the beginning, but I'm saying yes now. I wouldn't trade that for anything. Like also there's a clear, and, and maybe I'm framing this with the wrong language because I'm talking to you, a clear bef- now I'm like getting all philosophical myself. I want to say, is there a clear before and after, or is it all one continuum? You know what I'm saying? I think in 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 my human experience, there is a line in the sand which was crossed, which the journey, the classic hero's journey, started for me. That that was that's it. But as I've learned, again, especially from this concept of God creating you and the word was with God, the word, you know, the, the God was the word you know, descended into man and it dwelt among us or the Upashan. And this whole process, you see this a lot more in Hinduism and some Buddhist concepts of the dreamer having the dream. We're having the dream within the dream. There's this concept of dreaming us and we're having the dream, but we think we're the dreamer when we're really there. We're the dream of the dreamer. And, and the whole point and we're, Christianity goes wrong is the resurrection is the Christ nature within your head. That's the true resurrection. It's not isolated to a single individual. It's the awakening process of rediscovering God, discovering itself and knowing that it cannot ever die. That's the resurrection. So in my humanness, yes, there's a delineated line, but in the ultimate picture, I've come to understand that it's like it was from the beginning and it's just a continuation. It's a continual evolving. And this is where it gets tricky, guys, just to give you a little heads up, is walking in your humus, in your humanness and the human time-space reality while also embracing your identity. It's something you're going to have to go through. But Can you repeat that one more time? Yeah. I struggled a lot. This concept of if you and God are one, what does that really mean? Does that mean you give up being Billy? No. You are the vehicle specially designed and created. There's nothing wrong. You don't have to give anything up. You just have to relinquish 
fear and become the light. Your whole job is to be the light. How that specializes in your individual life, I can't say. But you're not here to redeem yourself. You're not here to prove yourself. You're not here to beat yourself up. I'm an awful sinner. I'm an awful sinner. That's just religion. That's crap. That's populist control. You were perfectly created with intent and purpose. You've just forgotten. And you just need to be because that's your whole point. I got to just repeat a couple of things you said as we wind down that just pop out to me that one, I'm looking forward to listening back to this podcast. Very rarely do I listen back fully. I listen to all my episodes, but this is what I'm actually looking forward to listening to as a listener, even though I'm fully present in this moment right now. But a few things that just stuck out to me from what you just said. And wow, what a reminder for all of us that you are perfectly created. You just forgot. Come on. That doesn't hit someone in the face in a good way. The way it just hit me in the face in a good way. Wow, you are perfectly for uh, created, but you forgot. I want to repeat one more thing that you said. Relinqu- relinquish the fear and be the light. Again, for me, that's one of those things that's like looking in the mirror because you know that light's in there. It's shining and, and it's scary. And the, the last thing I want to say is he said, let go of using your human eyes. There's so many. We talk about third eyes, different things, et cetera. But th- those are all just beautiful reminders for me. And for me, obviously, Billy, this conversation could, could continue going on. I can't wait to hear the feedback from the listeners. We're going to have to either A, do a part two of this interview, or B, something I'm actually more interested in is probably doing a live conversation with you that we stream out to a variety of people. And I'll take in some questions from listeners to get your perspective on this, if that's of interest to you later, because yeah, people, totally. I'm nerding out over here. and simultaneously feeling empowered. So I want to say I'm reminded. I'm not even empowered. I'm being reminded in many ways. So thank you for that. For people that can't wait to learn more about you, listen to your podcast, where's the best place for folks to go? And we'll link to all this stuff in the show notes, the best place for them to to learn more. Obviously, the show is on all podcast platforms, Unshakable Self-Confidence. Everything is Unshakable Self-Confidence. Other than the book, which you can if you want. It's more geared towards people who've been in abusive relationships, but we don't sell products. The magazine, which is a full-on, fully fleshed-out magazine, there's four regular contributors who all at different points of their journey share those experiences, and it's a free resource. Just subscribe. We don't try to sell you nothing or nothing. That's not what we're here to do. We're just here to be light bearers, and you can sign up for that magazine, Rising Phoenix, and unshakableselfconfidence.com backslash magazine. There's a YouTube video where I, I have a second show called Inspirational Quotes, which is Monday through Friday, where we take quotes and we actually break them down so they're just not social media sound bites and things that people use to manipulate. We dig deep into what these great wise ancestors of ours was trying to tell us as they, their own discoveries. And what does that mean and how do you use that in your life? I'm, I'm everywhere, depending on how you like, how you like to get your information. There's some avenue, but it's podcast, it's YouTube, and it's the magazine. So Beautiful. We're going to link to everything in the show notes. Billy, I can't thank you enough for, for sharing all that you did. Again, I do this show. I would do this. I was, say, I was about to say I would do this for free, but I actually do it for free. Uh, but I get rewarded in conversations like this. So thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, no, man. It's definitely my pleasure. And I do it for the same reason, because it's I feel the reward. It's It's not monetary. It's a, it's just a feeling. Yeah. 
I agree. Hey, thank you again. Yeah, thanks again. Take it easy. Wow, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Billy J. Atwell. What a powerful conversation, an amazing perspective that he has. I learned so much from this episode. I hope you did as well. For more information, just head on over to my website at theantonionevs.com. There you can sign up to read the first chapter of my book, Stop Living on Autopilot, or you can receive five questions that can change your life for absolutely free. All it's going to cost you is your email address. Okay, lastly, if you haven't followed the Best Thing podcast, make sure you do that now. And while you're at it, make sure to leave a review. It goes such a long way to help spread the word. I thank you in advance for doing that. And hey, I will see you back here next week with another amazing episode. In the meantime, remember that the best is ahead. When you work and believe like the best is ahead, things begin to change for the better. Never forget, you have a say in this.